We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 163. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And this is a special episode we've been touting for a while. We are officially back in the podcast studio. Wait, I got to get applause. We are back in the podcast studio. We're literally inches from each other. Well, well, we're further than inches. I mean, yeah, we're more like a... I mean, a lot of inches, but... Well, well, the podcast table is pretty big, you know. (laughs) I'm a couple feet from Rando. Yeah, yeah. I'd say a good six feet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still still taking precautions, though. We're vaccinated. Yes, Corey and I have had our first vaccination, and we're about ready for the second one next week. And Next week already, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. And Shara's had COVID in both and of hers. Fully vaccinated. She's fully vaccinated. So we thought, you know, it's April. It's time. It's time. Let's get back in here. So I got to tell you, I am sore today. Sorry. From... The weather has been so beautiful. I have played disc golf three days in a row, and that's usually not my... Now, I was wondering, because I stepped outside around 11 this morning, and it was pretty breezy out on the guy well it's a nice day but it was kind of breezy to be throwing out there i didn't know if you head out there or not yeah it's if there's a little wind it's good uh because it kind of gives you a different strategy but if it's if it's blowing like 25 30 miles an hour just forget it uh i remember at forsyth we went out to forsyth it was like stupid wind i don't even know why we were out there stupid wind blowing off the lake 35 mm-hmm. miles an hour or whatever we would stand about four feet away from the basket throw the disc and it wouldn't even go in. You'd throw it and go, whoosh, and it just. So it's like that's no fun. Well, this morning uh, it was probably noon or after. Actually, I was thinking about putting the drone up, and I go, no, I can't put the drone up in this wind because I, I'm afraid I would lose the drone. Plus, I left the battery in my ammo over the weekend. Well, so oh, I have no drone. Oh, no, you got to go. Oh. Well, yesterday we were at my mom's. And I walked outside to go get something out of the van, and Corey is jumping in the van and flying out of the driveway. I'm like, where is he going? <laughs> They're like, oh, he's going to get his drone. It landed down the road. No, I landed it down the road. Well, he oh, let the battery okay. get to I found a dead parking and lot landed it a mile there. away and had to go after it. But I got some great video. I need to post that. Well, yeah. I got some awesome video. You, Yeah, definitely need to post um, it. But yeah, I, I left the battery, but but I did order a new battery. It's coming in. By the way, I just spent 50 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> Why? <laughs> so hopefully by Thursday, I'll have a new battery. I need okay. a new one anyway. Cause or I we could have just had my parents mail yours. Well, they're probably going to do that anyway. I hope. I needed two batteries. And it batteries. wouldn't have costed 50 bucks. No, but I needed another one. I've been in the market for a long time. They used to cost 80. They went down to 50. So I thought, well, I'll go ahead and buy one. Because I only have 20 minutes of fight time. Now I can bring it down and put a fresh battery in, pop it back up, get some more lightning or whatever. So 
I feel better now. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't do think you? The way- do you feel better now? Oh, having well. spent fifty bucks. Oh, see, we're back domestic, or you know, but you you know, it's always better to have a backup battery. I mean, my mother has a weed eater, and she's got at least two batteries. So if one craps out. You can put it on the thing, pop the other one in, and finish your job. So if you're doing your, that just makes sense. If you're doing your drone, well, if I'm shooting a sunset, I always have to guess. Because sometimes the color comes before the sunset, depending on the atmospheric conditions. Right. Some, sometimes the color comes when that sun's been down for five minutes. That's right. Depending on the cloud height, the mm-hmm. type of cloud, you just never. It's, you always have to guess. But now I have. I, I just doubled my battery time. So perfect. Yes. Well, you can't change your battery while the drone is up there. But I can bring it down and put it right back up exactly and then go where right it was. Back. Oh, yeah? That's yeah. cool. Well, you know, if, if, if the colors get really vivid and pretty after the sun goes down, it's usually due to a certain type of cloud. So, Sherry, do you know that type of cloud? No. Oh, well... D- <laughs> <laughs> well, since this is a weather podcast and clouds, those clouds are called noctilucent clouds. But it can be a variety of, of, of reasons. Yeah. Not even clouds. It could be smoke. It could be dust. Dust. The Sahara dust. I remember right. that. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get a, a, a beautiful gradient of, of color when there are no clouds. That's true. Which I have before. See, I wonder if pollen does the same thing. Does it go that high? I wouldn't think so. Uh, no, it probably stays on it's here probably, and just annoys us. <laughs> nature probably designs that to stay pretty low, I would guess. Not, That's what I'm thinking because, the yeah. Whole, yeah, the whole idea of pollen is to pollinate other, like, plants right. and trees and stuff I wonder like if it that. has, like, a kind of a feathery consistency if you break it down to where it kind of just floats and, and doesn't go too high. It doesn't fly up hmm. real high. I don't know. I'm just talking. That's Okay. You know what? Th- this podcast is probably going to go off the rails because we are celebrating. We are. We may or may not be having adult beverages as we are. Uh, Absolutely not. Yeah. No. This is no. A family we, we, friendly show. I'm mostly concerned about these M and M's. Well, are they from you two know, years are these ago? the ones yeah. we were eating last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. It's been so long since y'all have been here because we left a full bag here last time. That's pretty full. Well, let me tell you, because Marilyn, <laughs> my my other uh, my friend who comes over and does the video stuff. Um, they bring over uh, M&M's and peanut M&M's, too. Uh, Ooh, Joy like likes peanut the M&M. peanut. Well, I never was the peanut M&M person. I prefer peanut m Really? I didn't care for peanuts. My dad did, but uh, I, I like the regular milk chocolate, but, but now I like the peanut butter, which is kind of a between. I don't like the hard, crunchy peanut. Wait, 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 wait. Peanut butter yes, M&M's? Yes, peanut butter. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Those are the best. Ew. Uh-uh. Ew. No. Don't knock Ew. until you tried them. No. They're the best. Really? Chocolate on the outside, peanut butter in the middle. Do they taste like Reese's? Yeah. No. They taste better. Oh. They're a different consistency. Because I like Reese's. Reese's. Well, then you would. I mean, they're chocolate and peanut butter. Reese's have a trademark flavor of their own. Yeah, they do. They really do. But it's more of a creamy peanut butter than a, you know, even though Reese's is more of a hardened type peanut butter formula, whatever. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not creamy. Yeah, M&Ms the peanut butter creamy. M&M's are creamy. Okay, I will try that. I'm not going to get a big bag because I get the party size bag. Get I'll a get small a little bag bit. and yeah, try If you got the big bag, we, we would, would have them. <laughs> if I don't like them, then you guys are going to eat them. <laughs> you need to get the large bag. Uh, okay, well, you know, since we're going to be doing this, I may have to get just a variety of, of like the, the M&M's over here. Well, you know, uh, speaking of pretty sunsets and everything, didn't, didn't you post or tell me uh, a, a radar loop 
for some fires, some wildfire that was like last week or something? Yeah. I thought that was cool. Tulsa radar. uh, There's a bunch of uh, fires all over northeast Oklahoma. And they weren't really even under what they were considering a high fire danger that day, but they were the next day. The, okay. the conditions were were there, but not as high as they were going to be. But I think they ended up having more fires that the day before. Because I knew there was some red flag warnings out, mm-hmm. and then you know, high wind, red flag warnings, high wind, low humidity, uh, just don't burn. Lots know. of brush fires over there. Yeah, but radar can pick that up. And let me tell you something. Okay. And I don't know if this is just coincidence. Or if something's up, because that day or that that week, uh, I was looking at all the surrounding radars, and, and then I looked at Springfield. Every surrounding radar surrounding Springfield to the north, east, south, west, everywhere, I could track fires. Couldn't track any fires. on. There were none showing up on Springfield. Really? Although I know there was a grass fire in their foresight that day. So. Interesting. Yeah, because it was real smoky one night or one day, afternoon, evening. It just it was makes smoky. me think something's up with the radar not being up to par. Oh, really? Because every other radar was showing smoke except for ours. Well. I mean, not the same smoke, smoke in their areas. So yeah. either there wasn't a smoke like. Picking up on radar that's t- that was high enough to pick up on radar, but I think there there was. Well, yeah, because when you're in, okay, little geeky radar speak here. It, it, the radar goes in when there's no rain. The radar goes into mode calls a VCP thirty five. VCP stands for volume coverage pattern, and it and thirty five is a really high sensitive. Uh, you know, clear air mode. They call it clear air mode. There, there's a and it of, also slows down the scans. Yeah, like once every, what, six, seven minutes or something like yeah, that? I mean, because so. there's no reason, right. really. But in that high mode, it will pick up things like bug migrations. Bats. Bats. That's the big one. You can actually see the bats leaving their cave in little, you know, circles. That That's not till later, though. They're not doing that now, are they? It's more of a late spring to... September type thing. Yeah, some more, yeah. Because Actually, they'll probably be emerging now. I wouldn't. Probably. I think if you looked, we knew where to look. Buffalo always seems to have a cave up there that shows up on radar yeah, very well. Yeah. There's something in northwest Arkansas, too. But you got to yeah. catch that. It's right at sunset because they're nocturnal. Right. So right at sunset. They're going you, out for their feeding. Yeah. And let me tell you, once April turned over, came to visit... The wasps came out. Everything came out. I, the the ants are. I mean, I had ants in my kitchen. I mean, hopefully not now. <laughs> but I mean, and you said even earlier the ants are in. They're coming. Every, they're pretty thick. Yeah. Every it, it, nature is turned on right now in April. So watch out for snakes. Oh, they're the sna- out there. Oh, they're they're coming out of their dens now. They have been for quite a while. Ooh, and like, ticks. Like a week after the cold snap that got so super cold. Yeah, in, Feb- in February. Well, it it in it February? got it got seventy degrees or more. Oh, that's the right. Very weeks later, and that's right, and yeah. and the snakes they're not hibernating for the long term. If it warms up at all, no matter what day of the month it is or year, they're going to come out. 
No, that's ex- you're right because I remember in February. I have to go check my timeline again, but in February, I there was a snake curled up near my uh, shrubs. This was like ten years ago or whatever. But yeah, it was in February. It, because it got warm and it was on the concrete. It's like, okay, Jake the Snake is coming up. Yeah, the warm-blooded creatures are going to start moving again. I, I got to tell you a, a scary story. Okay, number one, I am very bugophobic, very insectophobic. I don't like them. Went to play disc golf a couple of days ago. I came home. I opened up my screen door, and there were two wasps inside between the screen door and the door door. I don't do wasps. I saw a couple today. They're like zombies because they move slow, but yet you're scared of them, but they just hover. I know, like drones. They're so creepy. <laughs> I can still feel when I got stung by a wasp last time. <gasps> no. I can feel it in my head, not really. I start saying, what? Not really <laughs> physically, but mentally I can feel it. It was on my big toe. I really? I was six years old. Oh. At Roaring River State Park in Cassville. Childhood trauma. I was waiting in line to use the restroom, and I stepped on a wasp. Only time I've ever been stung by anything, ever. The only time I've ever been stung by anything was the time I stepped on a red wasp. Yeah. Oh, those red wasps, they they don't... Mm, I have words that I can't I say on the podcast. I thought my foot was on fire. Like They're it was going to fall off. Very aggressive. Oh, and my mother, oh my gosh, she went to... There was a... Uh, we have a middle building door that she couldn't get open, and she pounded on it and pulled it, and a nest of red wasps attacked her. Oh, my. How'd she live? Well, she <laughs> she was in pain. That happened to Grant one time at my sister's Not house. Not a whole swarm, though. Just one bitty. No, there's more than one. Uh, really? Yeah. He was oh, my gosh. Like I just first or second feel grade. so bad. Surprised he's still with us. Yeah. Well, don't give him peanuts. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm just excited because it once once we get fully vaccinated, I want to have people coming back over. And I've been talking to our favorite podcast meteorologist that we have with us, Mike Griffin, and he may be down in or, you know late spring and early summer. And I said, if you come down, let me know. Let's get you on the podcast. Let's do a podcast again. So that's well, kind of exciting. I do know somebody who's going to be here starting next week really and i think you know who i'm talking about you i don't, don't know who i'm talking about i have no idea i'm in the dark well, we we're going we to talk at each about other this like, a little later but let's go ahead and bring it up now okay uh our buddy from alaska is coming to branson for 10 days starting Stuart. april 9th and i thought well let's maybe ask him to be Stuart. on our podcast yeah, Stuart. talk talk alaskan weather with us you know I thought exactly that would be fun. yeah we have we have something in, in other news i'm going to share that Stuart Stuart sent us but Stuart's coming in oh that's yeah. going to be so much fun he's going to be in town awesome he's, he's been posting about it for a couple of weeks so. okay yeah definitely now is it we're going to do this hopefully monday night's going to be good is monday night working for you shara so far so far okay yeah because i work tuesday through friday I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, perfect. Perfect. And I sleep on Friday. I bet you do, because you're working like 60 hours a day. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 60 hours a day. I don't see day. how you... I don't see how you're just even upright. I mean, you're very awake now. I slept all day. Oh, that's true. Okay. Well, you're fine there. <laughs> and I take care of everything. All she has to do is go to work. <laughs> oh. I would drive her if she'd let me. I did yesterday. Really? Well, you, we were on our way back from Oklahoma, so he dropped me off. Yeah. Uh, but then I had to go But get he had to come back morning. and get me this morning. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well. It's the only time I see the sun come up. 
I, I <laughs> musicians don't see sun rises. It looks a lot. It's pretty similar to the sunset, but it's in it's a just different on the, direction. It's on the other direction. I don't Weird. like that. <laughs> well, let's talk about that frost and freeze. That, I, I was actually kind of surprised. I got to be honest with you. Kind of surprised last week when we got the, the two, I, I'm going to call it two and a half days of freeze because there was two days, it was a freeze warning, and one day was a frost advisory. Which it doesn't, the temperature does not have to get to 32 to have a frost advisory. But we got well below freezing. I I thought we were done. Um, and I even said that on the podcast. Don't I, say that. Well, I know, but you know. We've had ice in April before. Yeah, but after 70s and 80s? I mean, that's kind of. Well, the, 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 the <laughs> climate is changing. The True. climate is changing. Yeah, but uh, right, yes. it can still happen. Yeah, I know. I know, because we had, I mean, the weather's becoming really topsy turvy now. We had those two high risks a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago uh, for severe weather in in uh, Georgia, not Georgia, yeah, Alabama, Mississippi, Mississippi, Alabama, Alabama. yeah, the Dixie states. That's why I was trying to think yeah. in the southeast, the Dixie states, and then we had this little cold plunge coming down. Uh, and then give us a little freeze. And now we're back up into the 70s, and we could hit 80, but there's We came a... close today, didn't we? Uh, yeah, I didn't check our, our thing. You, you want to check our thing? I think we hit at least 78. You know, oh, my gosh, yeah. But see, here, here's the funny thing. You, you were talking about, you know, was it too windy to play disc golf? I, there, there's a place called uh, Iserman Park, uh, which is the old Don Gardner... Uh, golf course, but people decided that it was too expensive to keep up, so they just put disc golf baskets in there, and so it's a diff- disc golf course now. Uh, it's in Branson, but it's kind of protected by a, a big hill on the left. You kind of go down into it, so it's really not that windy. So that's a good place to go if it's a breeze like today. We had, what would you say, probably 15 mile an hour? I mean, it was breezy, but it wasn't like bad. If today. I was a if I was guessing, which I'm not because I have the numbers right here in front of me, <laughs> there you today's go. peak would have been about 15.9 miles yeah, per hour. I was going to say about 50. See? Hey, wait. I, I win. I said about 15. Okay. What was okay. today's high? Dun, dun. No, that I don't know. I have no idea. Well, well, 69. Wrong. Are you kidding me? No. no. Do you have a, a better guess, a more educated guess than that? Uh, okay, I thought I, that was a very educated guess. Seventy-eight point six. No, it was a, it's upper seventies or so. At least, at least that. So he turned on the air. That's all I know. Oh, oh well, it must say say eighty. Oh, it did not get up to eighty. I'm sticking with my oh, sixty-nine. Oh, oh, no. Corey's going. Mm. What, what's your what's your? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you higher or lower, like on the prices, right? Da, 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 da. So where am I from sixty-nine? Way, way, way low. low. <laughs> you're way low. <laughs> I mean, you're just you're not saying anything. Lower. I mean, higher, higher, 70. higher. 70. Higher, higher. 75. Higher, higher, For today? Yes. Higher. 80? Lower. 78. Lower. Higher. 79. Higher. 70. Well, I said 80. Well, we we go in like increments. 79.3? Higher. 79.6? Higher. 79.7? Point 79.9. 79.9 was the high. <laughs> you win. Now, our website would go ahead and round that to 80. 
<laughs> I was like, I said 79 and I said 80. And yesterday's, like, high, oh. yesterday's high was similar. 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 <laughs> At 79.5. 79.5. Okay. But still, we're upper 70s. And th- that's yeah. kind of normal. I mean, that's actually above average for this time of year. I didn't check the average time. It was a beautiful time. Easter. Oh, I know. Every wasn't year, it? the Saturday before Easter is beautiful, or the Friday before, whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have a great old grand time. And then come Sunday morning, when we got to put on our sleeveless Easter dresses and sandals <laughs> that we've bought, it's like 30 sure, degrees. Well, or raining. Hey, right. It's raining. It's windy. It's 20 degrees. And Usually we cold freeze our hindies off. Rains and, yeah, yeah this sure. Easter was fantastic. It was beautiful. My daughter and I both had sleeveless dresses on and nice. sandals, and we did not freeze to death. Awesome. But severe weather could be in the offing. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Personally, okay, I'm going to give Rando's thought about this. I'm not too excited about it. <laughs> really? Nah. How about you? What's there to be excited about? Well, people have been hyping. You know, slight risk, severe weather could be large hail. Blah blah blah. Now, I no haven't tornadoes. Seen too much hyping on this one. Mm. I've seen some. You know, when it, when it comes from Storm Predictions International Weather Service, I wouldn't call it a hyping. No, 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 not them. Not them. No, it's not them. And I've seen a lot of shares from those posts. But it's not like it's going to be a, a biggie by by no means. It's not going to. Exactly. Uh, now, we are in a marginal. So, granted, that just means. But we're not expecting tor- tornadic activity. No. And matter of fact, uh, the AFD, uh, uh, the Area Forecast Discussion, said uh, sufficient Cape shear combination for a few organized storms are possible, but there's really no low-level instability for tornadoes. So that's what they were saying. So really moderate hail, maybe some wind. So yeah, yeah. But uh, what is it? Tomorrow is a slight risk, but that's in Kansas, right? Yeah, they keep moving it around every day. I noticed that. So because it, it did encroach into Southwest Missouri, they had like, Oklahoma in there yesterday. All the way to Springfield. The day three, and then they shrunk it and went up to, it was not even in the very southeast part of Kansas, it's kind of up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then today, it's just marginal. But then now, for Wednesday, they've got slight risk way down in Arkansas. Yeah. So that makes me think, well, it could be moving that way or not, but... Hmm. We'll, take a, we'll take a gander at it. The, uh, yeah. I haven't been I haven't been talking too much about it on the site because it's like I don't know I'm not feeling it's not it's not an outbreak by any means and yeah I do think we're going to get some showers and thunderstorms but again the marginal risk is just going to be eh. but then again it's April it so is April it's it, we're getting to that time where we really have to check the SPC every day yeah you're not the first person that's that said that too which is true right. I need to be reminded I mean April is when things really start, you know, spinning up. But and, if you, you notice, know, things have quieted down from March. They have. Right. And I expected that a little bit because, you know, we, we had a busy, busy March, you know, especially for Dixie Alley and all that down there. But mm-hmm. but uh, my prediction is come that third week of March, we're really going to get an explosion of severe weather in this area. Of April? Yeah. March, uh, April, yeah. April, yeah. April 20th, we're, 21st. We're, we're done with March, by the way. Yeah. 21st of April on into May. Yeah. 
It's not to which, be which, which makes total sense to me. That really does, because that's where we're really going to go. Yeah, we're going to kind of start getting going over there. So, like you said, we're just going to watch the SPC. We will see what they say tomorrow. Uh, of course, the day one, I really put a lot of trust in the day one. I mean, because that's right now. They're going to talk about it. So we'll get the new... Oh, we went through the time change. So 1 a.m. Oh, I'm not going to be up at 1 a.m. You know, I've been, <laughs> make, I've been trying to go to bed by... 10 o'clock, 11 at the latest here lately, because Ew. I've just been staying up too late. He's still texting me at 2 o'clock in the morning when I'm at I work. I don't text I'm you. I'm like, go to sleep. You text me and wake <laughs> no. me up, so I text you back since you I'm already awake. You text me and ask what I'm doing, and I'm like, what are you doing awake? <laughs> He's a zombie anyway, at that point. He's like, anyway. but I try to go to bed early, unless we're, I'm waiting on an SPC update. Yeah, me too. Yeah, if we know something big is coming, oh, you bet. I am yeah. going to be awake. <laughs> but... Yeah, we'll see what's going on. Hey, I checked the uh, El Nino, La Nina thing. It said it updated today, but then a couple of sentences down, it says the big update is the first Thursday of the month, which is three days from now. Wait. When was the first? No. No, it was last that, week. That was, that was April. Okay. Yeah, they April said the first, first was Wednesday. So this is the this yeah this is the update then because it says there's a about a sixty percent chance La Nina will transition to La Nada or neutral, and that's from April to June. So yeah, I just thought I'd check that out. I check things out that uh, may or may not have any importance mm. to anything. Cool. So anyway, I I've been sneezing. So let's get to this next segment. <laughs> It is the Pollen Report from ActuallyPollen.com and the Springfield Pollen People because uh, it's Monday. Because the last couple of times we did a podcast, it was Saturday and I couldn't get Springfield. Mm, So basically, Pollen.com for Branson says predominant pollens are maple, juniper, and elm. And it's it's just high right across the board. (laughs) All of it is red and high. Uh, I don't have pollen yet on my car. Do you? I do not. I mean, you have a nice black car out there, so you'll notice yeah. when you do. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Is it it's coming. cedar? I mean, red cedar's been pollinating, but is it cedar yeah, cedar? Around here, it, it, I don't even think that it's cedar pollen that makes that is what is most noticeable when everybody really notices it. They're yellow-greenish crap. Yeah. On there. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't I don't know what it is, but it's about that time. Of course, it's going to be that time. It is. Uh, Springfield says the grasses are high. Makes sense. Everybody's starting to mow again. Uh, they say trees are high. Birch and oak, which I was kind of surprised. So we've got five. Maple, juniper, elm, birch, and oak. I mean, if you look at it on the broad scale, all the trees are, pollen, are going out <laughs> right now. For sure. This is the time. You're going to – I don't even know how we're not – you're not sneezing your head off because I, they don't affect me, but, oh. you know. Well, you know a, what I heard? Oh, what'd you hear? So, apparently there's this pandemic thing going on. Oh, yeah? So, oh, yeah? people are wearing masks. So? So, their allergies are not being affected as much as they normally would be. So you're saying this would be an advantage to wearing a mask? It would be an advantage. Huh. Interesting. Because I'm usually sneezing my head off this time of year, and I'm not. And you're not. But see, I, I'm i having the eye itch this year. Which, I mean, to extend, allergies that. are in the air, so that's one of well, those things where yeah. it's just, but you don't I have, have to breathe it in. never, ever had the severe eye itch before, ever. I've had the scratchy throat, the itchy throat, the nose, and the sneezing. Never had the eyes, so I had to get... 
a new high-powered eye drop with with an antihistamine in it, and it tends to work. So that's just so weird. Was that the Pfizer eye drop or the? No, oh. well, no, 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 the <laughs> Johnson Johnson. I don't know. So that's what's going on in that department, and I have some special news in this section. The Storm Dar Bird Watching Report. I hate to listen to the tweets, but yes, my mother is saying uh, she has been spotting wrens. Her wrens, the males, are are apartment shopping right now. So get your wren houses, wren houses out. Yep, yep, yep. Well, because I helped help mom clean them, you know, clean a whole bunch of them out, and she said, and. Well, that's what that's what happens is the males go and they scout out to make sure the apartments or the houses are good, and then the females come in and then they can nest and stuff. But you know, they same, could, as, same as hummingbirds. They have hummingbirds do that too. They send the males ahead. Yep. Oh, the scouts. And I've heard they're around. Really? What have, What have you been hearing? Well, in our the friend Hummer Heidi department? Asbury. You know, Alan Asbury. Yeah, his yeah, wife. Yeah. She uh, commented on my post that there were. She had two the other day. Here in Branson? Here yeah, in Branson. so oh, Corey wow. drug out our hummingbird feeders this morning. I gotta get I my mom's out. Today, I put it up. Didn't have any yet. Because I thought, isn't it kind of early? He's like, no, well, somebody saw hummingbirds. I'm telling you. With we're this, getting there. With the, with the 80 degree temperature that we have right now, and we're you know up in the 70s all week. Mm-hmm. And you have to be the first one, because if you're late getting your bird feeder out, they don't even notice it's there. Well, they, they remember from last year. It's the same ones. Oh, that's right. I remember you it's telling the same me that. Ones that will, will come right back to your feeder if you if you treat them good. They'll treat you good. If you like to watch hummingbirds. Well, I, yeah, because my mother told me that the other day. She's like, I, I, I'm going to go up to Springfield tomorrow, so I will be getting her hummingbird feeders down and filling up and watching those little birds go. Last night, I mean, the confirmed reports, and this was five days ago, was they were in Little Rock. Oh, really? So I would say they're right about here by now. It doesn't take them yeah. long. Did you see that graphic where it put little dots on timeline? Yeah. Yeah. So it's between April 1st and April 15th, well, we're right in the middle now. So And, and honestly, I haven't, I haven't had them before April 15th in years. So maybe this will be a different year. I don't know. Maybe La Nina affects the hummingbirds. Ooh. Never know. Never know. I don't know. So... But they're ready to go. I mean, it's up and ready. I got, I got two. I got them on camera this year. So. so, okay. So since people will be listening to this and getting this ready, what is the ultimate nectar? What do you do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well. It's four parts sugar. Actually, four parts water. <laughs> don't, don't do you the four parts You want to kill sugar. them? <laughs> Those will be some hyper birds and fat birds. Diabetic they birds. Are, they are. <laughs> flap them wings like a million times a second. Well. They gotta have those calories. I'm I'm just helping them. Well, no, yeah, exactly. Four parts water to one part sugar. So I do eight cups of water to two cups of sugar. Okay. Now that water has to be hot. Does not have to boil. Okay. That's a myth. People uh, still do, and that's fine. I used to boil up until last year. No. It doesn't matter, but it does have to be hot to dissolve the sugar. That makes sense. But there's nothing in tap water that's going to kill those hummingbirds. No. So uh, as long as it's they hot. They drink out of stagnant ponds. Right. I mean. As long as it's hot and it dissolves that sugar, stick it in the fridge for a couple hours, cool it down, put it up in your uh, feeders, and, and you'll be good. I well, remember one year 
ours we couldn't keep them full like yeah. we were oh, filling really? them up every day and it was that year that it was super hot i mean it was well over 100 for a couple of weeks oh my god and i remember the birds like would come and like hover around the back door and like tap on the window when no it would way. get empty like dude where's my food you're, are you serious when it does totally get that serious. hot oh wow when it does get over 90 upper 80s over 90 you really are supposed to change it every day because that sugar water will ferment and it's bad for the birds no wonder they fly like this <laughs> exactly <laughs> and we had a lot of people commenting last year because we bought red bird feeders the glass is red yeah so every the, time i the, post a picture you shouldn't color your don't water. color your water no we didn't color the, the right. feeder. it's clear it's just that the feeder itself is red and i've heard conflicting reports whether that's an old wives tale they whether, ate the red stuff for years whether that didn't hurt bother them. Is, is harmful to the hummingbirds putting that food coloring some say it is some say it's not i don't put it in there because what's the point because i have colored red colored glass so i don't have yeah. to well, and I, I've heard it, it does. They were going for the sweet. The, well, and they're for the looking color. for the colorful flower. They're attracted to the, the color. Which, which those things have like the red and the, the yellow thing, Correct. flower thing on it. Yeah, so they're going to go to that. Yeah. And like you said, they're going to know from year to year to year. It's like okay, somehow. I mean, they flew down to Mexico and back. I mean, their so. brain is the size of a mustard seed. But they're smart. A mustard seed? I don't know. Was I'm that a fun a fact? Oh, no. <laughs> I don't like that. It was a guess. <laughs> I, I, mean, think, I think it's bigger than a mustard seed. They're this big. So how big can their brain be? The size of a pea. All right. Let me the see how big an, a brain the is. The size of one of these M&Ms right oh, here. Oh, yeah. I tell you. Uh, oh, yeah. That's what you should do. Just put your sugar in your water and throw a couple of those peanut M&Ms. Or no, the peanut butter and M&Ms in there and make it all nice. and. The yeah. thing about these hummingbird feeders, you know, you put the sugar water in it. That's what... Attracts the ants, so you really got to be vigilant. On well, that's ant. why they have that's the right. water trays now that you can yes. put you put water in them they so call that them the ants ant, drown. Really? Ant moats on top of it. You fill the you fill the uh, top of the hummingbird feeder with water, and it's supposed to be an ant moat, and it's supposed to. Because my mother had problems with that like a year or so ago, but they dry up, and those ants, believe it or not, they can swim pretty well. So you know, yeah. So fun fact. Okay. Ooh. Oh, a pre-fun fact. A Ooh. hummingbird's brain is approximately four point two percent of its body weight, the largest proportion in the bird kingdom. Hummingbirds are very smart, and they can remember every single flower and feeder they have ever been to, and how long it will take it to refill. Wow. But so, how big's their brain? So they're like, all right, well, there's that Taylor feeder. He takes three or four days to refill that sucker. That's pretty good. That's impressive. Wow. But, Every single flower. But a mustard seed. Well, I, that was a guess. 4.2% of their... <laughs> you were just guessing. But 4.2% of... Well, of a yeah, tiny hummingbird yeah, is true. not very big. That is true, because without their wings, if you look at them, they're not that big. They're teeny tiny. Oh, gosh. Well, but you but, can hear them. They'll swarm your head if you get near their feeder. So four to one, water to sugar, hot water, not boiling. Make sure it dissolves. Put it in your feeder almost every day if you got lots of hummers. Yeah. There Keep you it go. full. They'll remember how long it takes for yours to refill. Uh, uh, yes. And if you refill it, they will come back. Hey, so. since we're in the pollen and bird report. Pollen and birds, I'm yeah. going to throw in my own report Ooh, here. And okay. that's the uh, Corey's Garden Report. <gasps> oh, we need to make a new segment, Corey's Garden <laughs> Report. Okay. Okay. Well, I got... Uh, I got Two types of tomatoes. I got uh, early girl tomatoes and I got better boy tomatoes. I have strawberries and I have onions and I have blackberries. 
and I have on my early bird tomatoes, which I had never done before, I already have seven tomatoes on the vine, which is extremely early, so they're living up to their name. I've never had seven. I usually don't even plant them until April 15th, so I've never had or at all seven. Wow. I haven't planted tomatoes in 11 years. Can you believe that? It's been 11 years? Yeah. When I had those I don't even like down. tomatoes. Oh. Me neither. You don't like them? Oh. Ugh. My mother loves tomatoes. I don't like ketchup. I'm oh. going to go find me another podcast group. See you guys. <laughs> well, Corey's out of here. <laughs> Listen here. But you got a lot of stuff. You really did get a lot of stuff, though. Homegrown tomatoes are like candy. That's what my mother says. No. They ew. Are. And the seeds make me throw up. The, the, you're in. You're you're concentrating on the wrong things when you eat a tomato. They are so. It's like eating summer. Seedy. It's eating summer. <laughs> it's like peppers. It's so good. Don't concentrate on the hot. It's oh, like I that's all peppers. I taste. I like, I notice I didn't plant any peppers this year. Well, you had no your pepper thing peppers. last year. <laughs> yeah, that was not us. That was our child. So you got oh, that's Grayson. Yeah, oh, but I have eight or seven tomatoes, and and since I went to Miami. On Friday and got back uh, Sunday night, they like tripled in size. So yeah, it was really cr- pretty crazy. I have at least a dozen strawberries already. Good. So uh, we did get some to- farm fresh eggs while Those we were in Miami. Ooh, yeah, that's good. A friend of mine I went to high school with had some eggs, and she gave us a couple dozen. Oh, those are awesome. She was in your in your class. She was in my kindergarten class. Now she's class. your mom and dad's neighbor. Oh my gosh! And they all farm together. She has chickens, apparently. My 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 next door neighbor to my mother, they have chickens. I think my mother's starting to name them. She's a farmer, but she also went to Harvard Law she's School. She's a Harvard so. lawyer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. But she decided she wanted to be a gardener, so she's funny. She gets the little gardener hat out and her rubber boots. And why not? You know, yep. the weather's perfect. I don't know if they teach that at Harvard. How to? I mean, they're beautiful eggs. Yeah, they're like they're green like all rainbow colors. They're different like color, different color shades of brown. They were pastels. Or, yeah, I've never seen it. Now wait, like coming out of the chicken, or did they color them? No, they coming came out, out of the chicken that way. Wow, you take a picture. It's farm fresh, and yeah, it, they were like pastel green and cream and brown and yellow. That freaked and, me out. Well, that's you never know what color they'll come out. Yeah. Maybe it's a special type of Skittles. Chicken. I don't know. Maybe they ate some green frosting from <laughs> no, they're, Griffin's they're birthday cake. No, they're feeding them Skittles. That's what it is. They're feeding the chicken Skittles. Oh, gosh. Taste the rainbow. Taste the <laughs> And see the rainbow eggs, by golly. <laughs> is that all for your garden report? I, I predict that I will have 10 to 14 tomatoes by this time next week. Gosh. Now, the early girl tomatoes, if you've never heard of early girl tomatoes, because I haven't. Stop it. <laughs> Stop are going, okay. Are supposed to produce <laughs> awesome tasting tomatoes 60 days earlier than your normal tomato crop. Okay. Yet last all season long. My mother would know this because my mom loves to do that. So, I'm looking forward to some tomatoes. Yeah. I, I love, I, I always go to McKenna's or to the... Yeah. Farmer's Market. Yeah. Every Tuesday. We make BLTs, except mine are just... Bs. Bs. BLs. Bls, yeah. Mine are BLMs. They have mayonnaise on Exactly. I love my salads with fresh tomato. I love BLTs. Any type of turkey sandwiches are the best with fresh tomato. Anything without fresh tomatoes is fine with me. Oh. Okay. So... 
Okay, well, I think on that note, we should get to the weather school. So we are in April, and thunderstorms are happening. So I'm pulling out the lightning weather school. It tells you all about the different types of lightning. Does it? Does it? Touch on the spelling by any chance? I was thinking that. Should we tell how to spell lightning? Yeah, uh, lightning does not have an e. In <clears throat> no it. lightning. No e. That is right. when gotcha. your baby drops down when you're pregnant. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time to get to the weather school. Oh, this is going off the rails. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. The sky is getting really dark, and I'm starting to hear thunder. Guess it's time to go inside, because I sure don't want to get struck by lightning. Lightning is a sudden electrostatic discharge that occurs typically during a thunderstorm. This discharge occurs between electrically charged regions of a single cloud, called intracloud lightning, or IC, or between two clouds, called cloud-to-cloud, or CC lightning, or between a cloud and the ground, or CG lightning. The best studied and understood form of lightning is cloud-to-ground, although more common intracloud and cloud-to-cloud flashes are very difficult to study given there are no physical points to monitor inside the clouds. Also, given the very low probability lightning will strike the same point repeatedly and consistently, scientific inquiry is difficult at best in the areas of high cloud-to-ground frequency. There are roughly 5 to 10 times as many cloud flashes as there are cloud-to-ground strikes. On Earth, the lightning frequency is approximately 40 to 50 times a second, or nearly 1.4 billion flashes per year. And the average duration is about two-tenths of a second, made up from a number of much shorter flashes or strokes of around 60 to 70 microseconds. About 1 in 20 cloud-to-ground lightning bolts is positive lightning. This is a type that originates in the positively charged tops of cumulonimbus clouds. These strikes reverse the charge flow of typical lightning bolts and are far stronger and more destructive. Positive lightning can stretch across the sky and strike out of the blue more than 10 miles from the storm cloud where it was born. Lightning is not only spectacular, it's dangerous. About 2,000 people are killed worldwide by lightning each year. Hundreds more survive strikes, but suffer from a variety of lasting symptoms, including memory loss, dizziness, weakness, numbness, and other life-altering ailments. Strikes can cause cardiac arrest and severe burns, but 9 out of 10 people survive. The average American has about a 1 in 5,000 chance of being struck by lightning during a lifetime. On average, 
A lightning bolt can contain up to 1 billion volts of electricity. How hot is a lightning bolt? Well, it's only about 54,000 degrees Fahrenheit, or about five times hotter than the surface of the sun. Lightning's extreme heat will vaporize the water inside of a tree, creating steam that may blow the tree apart. Cars are havens from lightning, but not for the reason that most people believe. Tires conduct current, as do metal frames that carry a charge harmlessly into the ground. An average lightning bolt can release enough energy to power a 100-watt light bulb for more than three months straight. Many houses are grounded by rods and other protection that conduct lightning bolts electricity harmlessly into the ground. Homes may be also inadvertently grounded by plumbing, gutters, or other materials. Grounded buildings offer protection, but occupants who touch running water or use a landline phone may be shocked by conducted electricity. We've already talked about the three main types, intracloud, cloud-to-cloud, and cloud-to-ground, but there are other types of lightning as well. Anvil crawlers, also known as spider lightning. These are horizontal, tree-like in-cloud lightning discharges whose leader propagation is resolvable to the human eye. In other words, the anvil crawler's movement is slow enough compared to most lightning discharges that a human observer or normal speed video camera can see its rapid motion across the sky. This type of lightning often covers very large distances resulting in a vast, spectacular sky-filling discharge. Anvil crawlers are often very high-altitude events, and as such typically result in soft, rolling thunder due to their great distance from the observer. The name anvil crawler is derived from the visible crawling motion and their tendency to appear along the underside of the anvil portion of a thunderstorm. Anvil crawlers can either occur independently completely within the cloud or in connection with a cloud-to-ground discharge. We also have what we call the bolt from the blue. This is a name given to a cloud-to-ground lightning discharge that strikes far away from its parent thunderstorm. A bolt from the blue typically originates in the highest regions of a cumulonimbus cloud, traveling horizontally a good distance away from the thunderstorm before making a vertical descent to Earth. Due to the final strike point being a significant distance from the storm, sometimes more than 10 miles away, these lightning events can occur at locations with clear blue skies overhead, hence the name. While many bolts from the blue are positive flashes, some of them are not. Next we have bead lightning. This is a name given to the decaying stage of a lightning channel in which the luminosity of the channel starts breaking up into segments. Nearly every lightning discharge will exhibit beading as the channel cools immediately after a return stroke, sometimes referred to as the lightning's bead-out stage. Bead lightning is more properly a stage of a normal lightning discharge rather than a type of lightning in itself. 
Beading of a lightning channel is usually a small-scale feature and therefore is often only apparent when the observer or the camera is close to the lightning. Next we have sheet lightning. Sheet lightning is a term to describe clouds illuminated by a lightning discharge where the actual lightning channel is either inside the clouds or below the horizon, not visible to the observer. Sheet lightning is, simply speaking, ordinary lightning that is hidden by clouds or terrain aside from the flash of light it produces. We also have heat lightning. Heat lightning is really just ordinary lightning from faraway thunderstorms below the horizon. On a clear night, lightning flashes from a distant storm and can be seen hundreds of miles away. Heat lightning got its name because it is often seen on hot summer nights at a time when thunderstorms are usually common. And finally, the controversial ball lightning. <laughs> this is a rare phenomenon described as a floating, illuminated sphere that occurs during thunderstorms. It may move fast, slow, or stay stationary. It might be quiet or produce a hissing or crackling noise. It may pass through windows, last from seconds to minutes, and disappear slowly or suddenly, either quietly or with a loud bang. Now, no definitive photographs have ever been obtained of ball lightning, nor has any plausible scientific explanation been found for it to occur. Therefore, its existence remains questionable and currently given the same scientific credibility as a UFO. Furthermore, many ball lightning reports have been found to be nothing more than power line arcs and other unrelated events. The byproduct of lightning is thunder. Thunder can range from a loud crack to a long, rolling, soft rumble. You can tell just how far away a thunderstorm is by counting the seconds between the lightning flash and the thunder onset. A five-second time-lapse equals one mile. So, if there's ten seconds between the lightning flash and when you hear thunder, then that portion of the storm is two miles away. A fun fact, people who are afraid of thunder suffer from brontophobia. There's really no safe place outside when a thunderstorm is in the area. So, if you hear thunder you are likely within striking distance of some lightning. Just remember, when thunder roars, go indoors. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And lightning. We all need to know about lightning and how to avoid lightning. How to so. spell it. Yes. I love lightning. I'm going to get lots I of too. lightning. I like it year. when I'm indoors. Yeah. Well, you had some fun facts, what, a week or so ago about lightning that, you know, we can't do our dishes <laughs> and we can't do wash our hands. And yeah. We can't. Like I had one shower. of the best lightning shots I've ever gotten just two or three weeks ago from the drone. Yeah. It was beautiful. I had all these. Oh, yeah. You posted that, all didn't these, you? Yeah. In was, slow mo, you did something. Well, it was just a still, but it was beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Oh it my was gosh. pristine. Well, Sherry's getting slap happy. Not 
not because of adult beverage, but because she's tired. <laughs> she only she told me she only slept three hours. Maybe a mixture of both. Well, maybe it could be a mixture. So we're celebrating. Anyway, it's time for the next segment, which is in other news. And I have a complaint. My favorite cloud type, which was newly introduced in March of eh, 2006, I think, called Undulatus asperitus. But I always call it Undulatus asperatus. That's what I got. Because I'm seriously, yeah, seriously, Cer- yeah. I like, I like the new name. Yeah, it's just it's just they've changed the name now to Asparagus, mm-hmm. and it is oh, asparagus. Yeah, <laughs> not asparagus, but asparagus. But it's that cl- it's that special cloud. We had it the other day, and I I made a post about it. It's like if you look up in the sky, you see it. it it's kind of like undulating and really crisp, and they, they look kind of eerie. I hate when things undulate. I know, especially those clouds, because you never know if a finader is going to drop out of those skies. But no, so that's kind of a bummer on my end. I, I like the name Undulatus Asparagus, but now it's just Asparagus. Asparagus. Yeah. We'll just call them asparagus clouds. Asparagus, you know, I think we should. It's easier to say. It is. What you got over there, Corey? Uh well I have a few. Uh-oh. Let me let me bring up a few here. Okay. I actually have more than I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, oh we're gonna like, be here all night all long. All night long. Hey, uh Springfield National Weather Service, they're our friends, right? Oh yeah. I mean I mean I've never actually met I mean, them. They, but they, they, I hear they they're consider nice people. us colleagues, yeah. right? They yeah, do. like Kyle, Kyle, Kyle and then Perez. Mike. Yeah. Well, they are uh, giving a free seminar tomorrow night to anybody who wants to join in for severe weather. It's Severe Weather Preparedness 101. Oh, yeah. Uh, tomorrow night at 630. Uh, let's go ahead and, and you can register from their website, and it'll tell you exactly what to do and how to receive that. You can be uh, one-on-one. You can ask questions, whatever you want to do. You can... Uh, go to weather.gov slash Springfield and go under news headlines and find out more information about that. You might learn something oh, if you want to no. go do that. We will not be in attendance, so don't show up trying to meet us. Well, I'll be. I'll have a show. Is it well, online or in person? I'll be at it's work. Online. I'll be in Springfield. Yeah. Yeah, it's online. Well, they're doing yeah, them all online. They used to do them. You know, they oh, used to go to each county, county right, by county by right. county. But now they're doing two, and this is the second one that they're doing. And uh, but if you. Don't get to watch it live. You can always watch the video on YouTube later. That's pretty cool. There, actually, it is that you can it watch is. it online because it's hard to get to and those things. And Kyle Perez, it, yeah. he, Kyle does those. He's the oh, one that awesome. he does those things. So awesome! I hope he listens to our podcast. Yeah, they, I don't know how many people actually do. Mike does occasionally. I don't I think. know if anybody All listens. Five people that are that listening. That one guy who does say. <laughs> that one guy who does taxes is, listens a lot, but he's probably too busy doing taxes this Tax week season. to do anything. Oh, I yeah. go by his tax business. Earlier, when I was getting dinner, and he was still there, it was well past business. Oh. Six thirty. Brad Case. Yeah, <laughs> poor Brad. <laughs> we showed up at his house the other day, just yeah. driving by, just randomly we pulled into their Chick-fil-A driveway because they oh, were in the yeah. yard, and we saw him out playing basketball in their yard, and we just he should be doing in. taxes. Said, "Hey, you know, he normally is until you know oh. April. Well, now it's going to be May this year, so he's busy. Yeah. I guess you can only do so much taxes." Well. He was doing a lot. That so would drive say. me nuts. I mean, I always say, here, talk about boring Those work. are the math geeks that love yeah. numbers. Right. Yeah, if you love numbers, <laughs> taxes is the way to do it. But but we look up to you, Brad. I know you're probably... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, Brad. Man, you got some Speaking stuff. of taxes, we should probably do ours. Yeah, we got some time. Well, we've usually done ours by now and spent the refund. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'm waiting on mine. It's like, yeah, I'm waiting on that. 
Well, we got a message from our buddy Stuart. Cool. Uh, from Alaska. He's, Since the first half? Uh, yeah, the one that's going to be today. here. <laughs> today. Yeah, he sent us a couple of things. Uh, I'm glad I noticed the second one. Um, from Fairbanks, Alaska. He actually lives in North Pole, Alaska, which is, what do we say, 13 miles east or something of Fairbanks? He's it's, good buddies it's with about, Santa Claus. Yeah. How far is North Pole, Alaska from here, I wonder? Far. Well, okay, you do that. How far is North Pole, Alaska? He's asking Siri. Siri knows everything. Yeah. Except how to get you to the grocery store. 3,608 miles. Oh, that'll take at least two days. That's a long way. <laughs> I know. He's going to drive down here? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would going to fly I wouldn't at some think point. So. <laughs> no, I don't know. I hope not. No. But anyway, he sent us this thing. Fairbanks, Alaska. Snow depth. At Fairbanks, hit 40 inches last night. That is the third highest on record for April 4th. Well, that's fourth. Today's the fifth, so this must have been yesterday. Uh, Only behind 48 inches in 1991. And the record, which is... is that... Is that for a day or for two days or for what? Uh, what I'm gathering is depth. that's the, the amount of snow they have on the ground on a like, like gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah. 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 And the highest. Fall. If that was for a day, I was like, whoa. No, I don't think it fell on one day. <laughs> they didn't fall on the 4th. Yeah, it's just on the 4th, that's where they were at. But the record, check this, is 58 inches set back in 1918. So 103 years ago, well, back when they didn't know how to use a ruler. So 40 inches. That's almost half of my body height. I'm, fi- I'm 68 inches tall. You are? That's 5'8". Yeah, 72 five would be, would be uh, 72 six feet. is 6 foot. Yeah. So, yeah. You would know. That's crazy. <laughs> Why would I know? Because you're a nurse. That's what, You have to weigh people. Because we measure everybody uh, you in measure. <laughs> How much do you inches. weigh? 74 inches. <laughs> we do measure you in kilograms, so I love telling people, oh, hey, if anybody asks, you weigh 80 pounds, 80 know. kilograms. But he did send something else. Uh, which which I noticed. I don't know if this is from today or not, but uh, the graphic says, with today being a lock for a high temperature under 40, this is from the National Weather Service Fairbanks, we have just set a new record in Fairbanks. It has now been 177 straight days without hitting 40 degrees, which breaks the previous record of 176 days. Back in the winter of 65 to 66. That's crazy. But yeah. you know, when they warm up, they warm up. And, yeah, because and, a lot of times they're warmer than us. They hit 80, you know, a yeah. lot. I don't do cold. Well, next week we've got to, yeah. I would love to visit for Alaska. Like a day. For like, yeah, I was going to say, no, like, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Too, I better have heated clothing. I want to <laughs> visit Alaska because I want to go to Anchorage and yeah. talk to my cousins from there. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go to the inner part of Alaska. To, to because I feel like if I ever Where go to Anchorage, are and... if I ever go to Anchorage, I'm not experiencing the actual Alaska because Anchorage is a big city that is on the ocean and and you're, you're not getting the full Alaska. That's true. For me. They're on like the yeah they're on the southern Anchorage is on the southern now Fairbanks tail. I think would be more what I would be interested in. I want to see that's mountains. where you can drive across. I want to see wilderness. I don't want to see barren. <clears throat> Snow for miles. And you want to drive across a lake? I want to drive a snowmobile. A oh, snowmobile? that would be f- see that would be fun because Cheryl, I see you on the back of ATM, a- ATMs. ATMs, right? <laughs> no, right I heard you ATMs up there. I'm not sure. Woo, riding them all the ATV. way to the bank. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't ride them when I drive. 
Only when Grant I, drives. He's never offered to drive me. Yeah. I don't think you know how to drive one. You're too busy looking at the clouds. I can figure it out. Honestly, yeah. my 22-year-old has driven it the longest of all of us. Yeah, so really? <laughs> I feel safest on the back with him. <laughs> That's great. Well, I have lots. Uh oh. Okay. Oh goodness, we better move Where on. Where do I start? Well, let's start. Just remember at the what very time it is. And yeah. Kids to put in bed. I'll start with the top of the list. Okay. The Northern Lights. Oh, we yeah. all love the Northern Lights. I haven't seen them in years. The Aurora. The last time I saw frequency. the Northern Lights was back when I worked with Travis Meyer in Tulsa. I oh, don't cool. know that I've ever seen them. And Travis talked about me on the weather that night about how. Because I lived a good distance from the station, so I had to travel mm-hmm. a good hour to an hour and a half to get home. Oh in, yeah, in Miami, and so I could see the Northern Lights. There was a five day stretch, and three three of those five days I could see the Northern Lights because we were having like a what do they call them a outbreak? A run? Not an outbreak, <laughs> but a solar. <laughs> Flare. Solar in the flare. medical field, we call there that a, a run. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I could see the Northern Lights in between Tulsa and Miami. That's rare. It, it was rare. Yeah. But it was like huge going on at that time. It was a, one of the biggest times to see them. Awesome. Anyway, get this. There's more research going into this little okay. bit of information that I'm about to give you. All right. There are certain people in this world, in this country, that not only can see the northern lights, oh dear, but can hear them. And what do they say? Wow. In the dead calm of a winter's night. Do they speak? On or a sing? remote Canadian stretch of the Alaska Highway. Without another soul in sight. <laughs> I think they're delirious. The sound of something <laughs> sizzling. 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 This, sky is, a, this is a sizzle sound. Huh. You get nervous when the sky sizzles. I don't have a sizzle drop over <laughs> here. It echoes down from the app. From, from, from failing. From, from, from the north. Okay. They're, they're claiming that they can hear a sizzling sound with the northern lights. What do you think about that? Have we had them tested for psych issues? Well, <laughs> but you know... I would imagine if it's a really intense storm, it would be possible because that's the whole idea of how they illuminate is because they're being electrically charged. Right. But Makes sense. I mean, but I would think, though, you'd have to be way up north to be right in a you know, severe electrical this storm. This is Canada and Alaska. Well, I, I think it's possible, but People I are claiming... Now, there's not too much research into it, but there is some that suggests that they're actually hearing something. So Wow. I like to go up there with my equipment. See, I take care of confused people frequently. <laughs> and I had a lady last night that said, she stopped and she goes, is that rain? Do I hear rain? And this I is- said, as a matter of fact, you don't. And she's like, yes, I do. You can tell me the truth. I won't tell on you. Oh, Oh, this says the brighter the northern lights get, the aurora borealis gets, the more you can hear them. 
Okay. Where do we have to go to hear them in Alaska? We have to go all the way to yeah. Alaska have to, to get, hear them. Yeah, way up north, I would this think. Is, yeah. This is more of Stewart's territory. We're going to have to see if he can get out there. We're going to have to ask Stewart to step outside. Yeah. Have you ever seen <laughs> yeah. And that's something he never talks about. Surely he can see the Northern Lights from that where he's at. You would think he's well, way of up course. There. Oh yeah, Fairbanks. Oh, but he yeah. never talks about that. I'm just curious. <laughs> well, we're going to have to do a segment next week called yes. Ask Stewart. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Write us with your questions. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to know about Alaska, let me know. This is just a really cool tidbit of information about it. Talks about how uh, lightning, how you can hear the lightning. Some people can hear lightning without hearing the thunder. They're tuned into that frequency. Their brain waves are tuned into that frequency. Okay, I can see that. Where you can hear a before boom, you hear the thunder. I hear that. Do you hear that? Oh yeah. I do, too, sometimes. Matter of fact, on the weather school, because, okay, spoiler, the weather school is pre-recorded. <laughs> At the beginning of the it weather is? school. Yeah, what? The beginning of the weather school reading that line. has that where it goes, <laughs> and then, boom. So, yeah, it's a, I like hear a that. Like a gun. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll play it for you after we end the podcast. Remind me. Looking okay. forward to that. I was going to say we won't remember that. Okay. Well, that was actually a CNN article, and you can go on CNN and search. Okay. Northern Lights and read all about it. It's a very long article. Did you know, this is another, another news okay. category story. March of 2021, which was last, last month, month mm-hmm. was a very active month for tornadoes. You think? Yeah, I mean, not yeah. so much around here. We no, had a, we had a tornado it, warning or two in the in the in the uh, yeah yeah, but like Dixie, CWA, man. yeah. Yes. See, he's talking fancy talk now. See, yeah, that's so my fancy. mom's name is Dixie. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, March 2021 was the seventh most uh, tornado watches on record for for March. The seventh most tornado we March huh. tornado seventh month seventh most, most March tornado watches okay. on record. Wow. It was the first March with two separate. High risks issued since mm-hmm. 1991. Oh, wow. That's a long... That's 20 thir- years ago. 30 years ago, Th- right? 30 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can't believe 1991 was 30 years I'm ago. I'm getting old. Gosh. <laughs> wow. wow. Okay. Well, I wasn't even born yet. In 1991? That was a joke. <laughs> I'm not 30. I had a kid. <laughs> I had a kid born right after that. Oh. Anyway, they don't know that. March anyway, had four okay. days, yeah, with at least three EF two or greater tornadoes. Makes sense. Uh, five EF three or greater tornadoes, which has been the most since March of twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay, because I was going to ask because everybody's comparing this year to twenty eleven. Correct. Are you getting to that? Or because I, 2011 no. was our last big. But 2012 was also act. That's when we got our tornado. That, okay, that was that was active too. It wasn't as active for the large. That was when we got our tornado in Branson. But. Right, but right, right, right. But they, uh, yeah, five EF three plus tornadoes, which was the most since March 2012. Wow, 1,138 total severe weather reports. But believe it or not, that. Is the 2011 to 2020 average? It's right, right, right around that same 
mark. Okay. Oh, okay. But, you know, severe weather reports can be hail, wind, anything, but, but we have right. more tornadoes. Most March tornado reports since 2012. And there's a graphic that the Storm Prediction Center came out with. The number one uh, March for tornadoes, for tornado watches, was the year 2000. The year 2011 is not on the list. And hmm. What? No. Interesting. The, the, the... The funny thing is, most of the years of are are pretty recent for March tornado watches. This is the uh, the most tornado watches in March. The number one is twenty one years ago, which is two thousand. The next one is two thousand two. Then it goes back to ninety two. Then two thousand five. So all within hmm. the last thirty years. Okay. This is from 1970 to present, yet the oldest ranking most tornado watch month is 1992. It doesn't even go back to the 80s. So Interesting. That's very interesting. I want to compare, I, and it's something I need to make a note on, I want to compare March of 2011. Well, let me, you know, it didn't even the, rank there, on there. There was nothing in March It was May of 2011 that so got ugly. It was a very late year for severe weather. So then that's what's okay. So it, then it will happen later. It started, like I said, mm-hmm. I'm really thinking the third week of April this year because that's what happened that that, that year is gotcha. when there was a huge tornado that went through Dixie. It was through Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was about two or three weeks before the Joplin tornado. Okay. Oh, I think it's going to be just intense. You, I think we're going to, you know, it may not be a 2011, but I think we're going to have an active season. I really do. Yeah, I I'm hope it's not a 2011. It. Yeah, I mean, we don't, you know, we're not thinking. 2011 was the ultimate, I, you know, you have those 100-year floods. That was kind of one of those 100-year tornado seasons. Yeah. You know exactly. We'll see. Uh, let's see here. He has lots. There was a storm cloud, mm-hmm. but this dates back to 2018. But but the data is just now coming in on it. Really? Yeah. This was over the Pacific Ocean. It was a storm cloud. Now this storm cloud went way up high, up in the atmosphere, uh, 11 miles up, up, which is very. Way up there. Wow, yeah. Yeah. But this storm cloud, and I'm not sure what month this was. If I come across it, I'll let you know. But this this storm over the Pacific Ocean produced the coldest temperature ever for a storm cloud. You mean at the top? At the top. Mm Mm-hmm. Your microphone's starting to... Yeah. yeah. I uh, need to tighten tired. That yeah, I need that's, to tighten that that's up. That's unfortunate. But okay, well, keep, keep I, talking. The, the storm cloud, you know, the higher it gets, the colder it gets, right? Right. And that's what produces hail. Well, this storm cloud reached a bone-chilling minus 167.8 degrees. No way. That's crazy. Colder than any... Storm cloud ever measured before in history. Yeah. I just fixed Corey's uh, microphone. So 
That's very, very cold. That's very cold. I'm trying to figure out exactly. Oh, this was in December, so, you know, it's cold. Okay. But this was near near Nauru. Where that is. What? (laughs) Nauru. Okay. In the South Pacific. I've never heard of Nauru in the South Pacific. I'm sure we've offended Southwest. everyone. No, I was going to say Southwest Pacific. We're going to get letters now. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was 249 miles south of Nauru oh. on 29th of December 2018. Well, we're in the cold sector, so that would make sense. Yeah. But, I mean, the South Pacific? South, Yeah, South Pacific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was about 86 degrees colder than a typical storm cloud. Wow. Pretty cool. Pretty cold, actually. Yeah. Set a record. Um, I think that was about it. Oh, there's more uh, lightning occurring in the Arctic. Have you heard of this? I have not heard that, really. The Arctic is, and I don't know if you've heard this, but it's actually getting warmer. It's warming. Yeah, well, yeah. Ice is cracking, ice is melting, yeah. ice is breaking off. Glaciers are freaking Well, they're out. also noticing Yeah, more, I watched Ice Age. Well, they're also noticing more lightning in this area. And it's because it's 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 warming up. Mm-hmm. And and the dynamics are there and it's becoming stormier in the Arctic. That's bizarre. It is bizarre. Because you would think Arctic and, and like the Antarctic, which is like stupid cold. Wouldn't have anything, but if there's more stormage and lightning, that's lightning in the Arctic has tripled in the last decade. Wow! Now tripled. Now what's this source? Uh, this is geophysical. A new fe- a new study published this week in the Geophysical Research Letters, whatever that is. I've got to research is, that because that's this is, bizarre. This is on CNN. Okay. Uh, it, the University of Washington study used data collected by its network of lightning centers called the Worldwide Lightning Location Network, uh-huh. or the WWLLN, <laughs> which has been tracking lightning lightning strikes globally since 20, 2004. Wow. The data showed that above 65 degrees latitude, the number of lightning strikes has increased significantly from the year 2010 to 2020. Oh, so above the Arctic Circle. Okay. Right. Huh. So it is getting stormier, exactly. But the problem is, in the uh, summertime, the light, the, the wildfires are going up up there because of the lightning-induced wildfires. Oh wow! Just because it's up in the Arctic Circle doesn't mean there's not. It doesn't mean it's always covered in snow. Right. Yeah. And if stuff is melting, you're going to have some tundra and type of type of things up there. Interesting. Uh, I don't re- remember if you do you recall when we talked about uh, the floods in Australia and how spiders were invading people's homes? Oh yes. Well, they're still having that problem. Are you kidding me? I would move. But now they're having an additional problem in addition to the spiders. Snakes. It's the. Best Jim Stafford song I ever. I don't like spiders I, and snakes. I know. Oh my god! They're gosh. having snakes now. Now snakes in Australia are different than snakes here. You don't want to mess they with Australian snakes. snakes. I would think the snakes would eat the spiders. Well, maybe the spiders eat the snakes. Have you seen them spiders? Uh, uh, that's Australia true. is a different. 
ball game down there. They're, they're, they have scary, Why I don't scary go there. things mm-hmm. down there. Mm-hmm. Snakes are showing up in the people's night. homes along with spiders, mice. Now the snakes are probably after the mice. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Snakes were going to eat the mice. Yeah. They so. eat bigger things than mice down there in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> they eat the kangaroos. Oh my gosh. Hey, that's all my in other news. That's all your in news. Share, well, Sharon's about all? ready to go to sleep. <laughs> I had a few. No, that's cool. Well, it's been a while. I love it. It has been a while. We're we're actually in person. I love this. So, Shara, it's your debut in person. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Get ready to get educated in Shara's fun facts. It's time for your fun facts. So, hopefully, you got a few. Maybe. So, we're a little behind because, you know, Easter was yesterday. Yes. Two days ago. Or, yeah, so, two days. So, no? I didn't get to... Yesterday. Today's the yesterday. Yeah. Today's Monday. Corey's eating M&M's. So, yeah. <laughs> we didn't get to do our Easter fun facts. Right. Did we even do a podcast last week? No. I don't even remember. No, we did not. Okay. We did the like, sun safety last week. Yeah. I was like, I missed out on the Easter fun facts. So, okay. sorry, it's a day late. You're going to get all the Easter fun facts today. <laughs> okay. There you go. More than 1.5 million Cadbury cream eggs are produced every year. They actually make them every day. They continue making them. Uh, 500 million cream eggs every year. If you piled them on top of each other, it would be 10 times higher than Mount Everest. No way. Says the Birmingham factory produces 1.5 million cream eggs every day. Day. Is that Birmingham, Alabama? Sure. And the cream egg is the most popular egg-shaped chocolate in the world. Wow. 1.5 million cream eggs every day in preparation for Easter every year. Wow. The world's largest Easter egg weighs in at 5,000 pounds. <laughs> no way. Standing at 31 feet tall and 18 feet wide is the world's largest Easter egg. Found in Vegreville, Alberta, Canada. The egg weighs a hefty 5,000 pounds and took 12,000 hours to complete. Dear Lord. Birmingham is in the UK, by the way. Ah. There you go. Birmingham. Yeah. Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham, yeah. Not Birmingham. You're right. <laughs> okay. That is not where James Spann lives. Right. James Spann lives in Birmingham. Yeah. yeah. The All act right. of painting eggs originates from... A Ukrainian tradition. There you go. Ukrainian. Wow. For countless generations, Ukrainians have been decorating eggs as a calling out to the gods and goddesses of health and fertility. Hmm. The traditional act of pisanka is made by using wax and dyes, but this colorful custom did not take place until Ukrainian immigrants came to the U.S. That's where Yakov's from. He's not from Russia. From Ukraine. Yep. Oh, really? Did you just give us a spoiler? Oh, True story. Oh my gosh! Oh. That was a that was a little Easter egg for you. There you go. <laughs> which was still part of the USSR back then, by the way. Oh, okay. I'm trying to figure out which drop. Okay, never mind. Okay. The UK's first chocolate boy it all kind of originated in the UK. I guess <laughs> it did. <laughs> first chocolate egg was produced in Bristol in 1873. Hmm. Okay. Super information. Hey. It's a fun fact. In Germany, it is illegal to dance on Good Friday. Illegal? Illegal. 
I understand that. Throw you in jail. On Good Friday, which sees the start of the Easter weekend, it is illegal to dance in public in the majority of the states in Germany. Even Europe's clubbing capital, Berlin, becomes a dance-free zone out of respect for the religious day. Hmm. Okay. says, music is allowed to be played, but dancing is not allowed... Whilst in Bavaria, if you are caught playing music of any kind in a bar, you could be fined up to 10,000 euros. Wow. Euros? That's I don't know how much money Germany that now? is. But. Probably like 35, 40 bucks. I yeah. know. Okay, so we've all heard of the Fabergé eggs. Oh, yeah. Possibly the world's most expensive egg was sold at Christie's in London for $9 million in 2007, breaking oh all gosh. Fabergé records. The enameled egg contained a multicolored cockerel, which at every hour pops out of the egg and flaps his wings before nodding his head three times. The egg was made by Carl Fabergé in St. Petersburg in 1902 and is the second largest egg ever made by Fabergé. Sold for $9 million? $9 million for oh one little gosh. egg. No, sorry. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so... Are we a fab, are we a marshmallow peep fan or a no? No, I can't. My mother loves I them. Love They're them. basically just marshmallows, right? I like them. Okay. They're fun. Mom, they have some kind of a coating on so them. So, right? mom, you and Shara can have all I mean, you know, the peeps. I don't like crave them, but I'll eat them. Oh, See, mom craves now, them. <laughs> now, now, they didn't have them last year. Remember for the yeah, pandemic? the peep factory had to shut they down. They shut down. There were no peeps last year. There so, were COVID peeps. So now there are peeps sad. again this year. We had to give some to my son because he can't have. Peanut Cho- butter so and chocolate. Most chocolate for Easter he cannot get because they are on oh. equipment. Made on the same made, equipment. Made on made equipment that also. peanuts. Ma- yeah, right. Yes. So we get him Peeps and we get him Skittles and we get him Laffy Taffy, stuff like that. So he got Peeps this year. Wow. 700 million marshmallow Peeps are sold each year in addition to the other forms of candy that make up the contents of many Easter baskets. If you're not from the USA, you may not know what a marshmallow Peep is. Peeps are made from soft marshmallow and often fashioned into animal shapes like chicks and bunnies for the spring occasion. In 1953, when Peeps were handmade, handmade, took 27 hours to make each marshmallow chick. That is way too much work. It now takes (laughs) just six minutes because the process is all automated on a factory, but... Uh, Went from 27 hours to six minutes to make a peep. That's why they're only 98 cents a package. Yep. No, thank you. Now, did you guys see the new Pepsi flavor? Oh, the peeps. Peeps flavor. Peepsy. Pepsi. They they don't call it Peepsy, but they should. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. You would think it would be disgusting, but it actually had high praise from some people. They didn't sell it. They gave it away. It was like a contest to... You know, they only made a certain. It can't amount. taste horrible. It wouldn't have made it past the testers. Right. Well, there are some things that taste horrible out there, but yeah, yeah, well, know, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think that. <laughs> I don't think they could sell the stuff. No, I, I don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. According to the U.S. government, the annual White House Easter egg roll has been a yearly tradition on Easter since 1878 when President Hayes allowed children on the White House lawn to roll their eggs. Before the egg roll was moved to the White House, it was held on Capitol Hill. But congressmen grew tired of the event and put a stop to it. 
Today, the egg roll is the biggest White House event of the year, and families sign their children up to participate in uh, basically a lottery because okay. only so many kids can do it. So you sign your kids up probably years in advance. Wow. The event is filled with fun events and entertainment. I doubt they had it this year, though, or last year, COVID. I don't know. Doesn't say. Hmm. Okay. So Fascinating. Everyone knows about an Easter basket. The woven container represent nests and new life, same as the eggs, especially when filled to the brim with eggs. Plus, they're a pretty utilitarian way to collect goodies on your Easter egg hunt. What is that word? Utilitarian. Oh, utilitarian way. But I guess I was in all of my readings, I found that eggs and the baskets and all that are all the beginning, the signs of new life for spring. That would make sense because the eggs would hatch and then you'd have new life. And there you go. Oh. Around 90 million chocolate bunnies are sold every year for Easter. Considering 2.6 billion is spent on candy alone during this religious celebration, it makes sense. And oh, that's only in the United States. Oh really? Ninety million on Easter bunny, East chocolate bunnies in the United States. That's crazy. Well, you can sure tell it if you go to Walmart. And a surprising fifty-nine percent of people eat the ears first. <laughs> what else do you eat first? Well, you can eat the tail. A or handful. The, that's what's on top. A handful start with the feet or the tail. Yeah. Uh, you have to be messed up in the head a little the bit. Rest they, apparently the rest, because that doesn't make 100%, so the other people don't really have a plan. They just fight through the I belly. I like a candy bar. You, what's on top you eat first, right? Yeah, or the nose. And most of them are hollow. I know. That's how they cheat you. I like right. the hollow ones. Really? You get cheated because you pay for this, and it's like, it's hollow. It's like getting a tube of toothpaste, and, you know, <laughs> you know, after a while, then you, then you squeeze out on your, on your uh, toothbrush, and all of a sudden you go... And then there's that big hole of air in the middle. Are the ones we got our kids hollow? I don't think so. I don't know. I didn't see them. They oh. were gone before we could investigate. <laughs> there you I go. I don't think they were hollow. Well, you bring chocolate amongst kids. It's not going to last yeah. very long. We got two little ones this year that ate it like it was going out of style. <laughs> Love it. Two holidays, Halloween and Easter, oh. have always been going head to head. To have the most candy sales, usually coming very close to each other. In fact, some years people buy more candy the week before Easter than the week before Halloween. Really? Now that fascinates me. I think because Halloween people buy it throughout the whole month, whereas Easter people go the week before and stock up. Okay, okay. That kind of makes sense. Easter is the equivalent of... Halloween of spring? Right. You know, you have... (laughs) Fall, you have Halloween. There's nothing. I mean, after Christmas, there's nothing until there's nothing that you buy candy for Valentine's until you have Valentine's. Well, but that's in February, right? But yeah, but yeah, after but that, from, that, from 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 Valentine's Day till I mean, you don't buy candy for Fourth of July. I mean, or Memorial Day. So that's pretty much okay. It, that makes sense. You know, until Halloween again, right? Sure. Moving on. No, I was saying Valentine's Day, Easter, and Halloween. That's your three. Ca- well, Christmas because people. Well, but Christmas is different. That's all kind of yeah. included. Yeah. It's all different. right. Anyway, continue. All right. So I got to throw this in here. Corey sent me an article. Uh oh. These are spring. I don't know what they're called. 
what are those things called? <laughs> Spring something. Old wives' tales or sure. You something. don't have to do it, but if, you if want it to. thunders on All Fools' Day or April first, April Fools. Okay, gotcha. It brings good crops of corn and hay, and the first thunder of the year awakens all the frogs. The thunder and frogs, called spring peepers, officially sound the trumpets of spring. Now, we've had thunder way before spring. Thunder in December. Yeah. We have thunder every month. We do. That's crazy. We're so lucky. Yeah. Well, except February. We just have the deep freeze. We probably had thunder then, too. You get thunder year round. It never stops thundering. (laughs) But that was an article from CNN, and a lot of it was not a myth. It it was actually true about the the peeper thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's all the Easter facts I have. How cool is that? And now you know. Do you have any tax day facts? That'll be in for next week. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'll bring those in for April fifteenth. Yes, yes, tax day. Even though it's it's going on. Well. Fascinating. We got lots of tidbits of in other news and uh, what was that? Sheriff's fun facts. So now let's get to my favorite segment, which is it's the weather word of the week. And I'm waiting to hear. Oh my! I know. I I... hadn't looked at it. (laughs) I love it because you don't look at it until like the last minute. I like that it's like on a full piece of paper now where I'm trying to well, read I know. it on my phone. It's <laughs> just me sending it over. There's All a right. tiny little word on my phone that oh, I can't read. Oh, I love this word. I'm going to butcher this one. Maybe. <sighs> so many ways this one could be said. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to go with Huaco. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Huaco. Uh, Waco? <laughs> well, you know, Waco. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. It's the it the H is kind of silent. I said Waco. No, it's it's like Waco. 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 Now, before anybody goes along, the way you spell this <laughs> is H. There's no W. No, it's H U A I C O. Waco. And I looked at it. I had to figure out how to pronounce it too, because I was going to go Waco, you know. Waco. But it's not. It's white, white, like like Waco, only Waco. All right. So anyway, here you go. Waco. No, no H. Oh, sorry. No. Waco. 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 That's what it is. Yeah. Waco. Yeah. Waco is an Andean term. For the mudslide and flash flood caused by torrential rains occurring high in the mountains, especially during the weather phenomenon known as El Nino. There you go. Yeah. So that's, it's basically flash flooding and mudslides. So we have that in California. If you think about it, that could be a Waiko too. Well, as it occurs high in the mountains. Yeah, they have mudslides. Right. I'm just saying. Oregon, uh, Washington. Those, you know, those West Coast people. I don't know. Dun, 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 dun. Speaking of Oregon, I need to get a, 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 a flashing news on here. Yeah, so, so okay. So, Corey's got, like, news break? Yeah. Uh-oh. But I lost it. Oh. I gotta do it again. <sighs> but I'll bring, I'm, I got it. Oh, okay. It's coming out. Okay, what? Uh, <laughs> this day in weather history. Oh, okay. In Oregon, did you know that an F3 tornado struck 
Portland, Oregon this day on April 5th, 1972. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty crazy for that part of the country in April. In April, I know. Killed six people and injured uh, 300. In Portland, Oregon, it was the uh, first tornado to... F3 tornado to strike that area since 1894. Wow. So they can happen all over the place. Yeah, because you don't think of tornadoes in Oregon. No. Or Washington. At any time of year. But they happen. But April? Absolutely. April would be the And usually when you get those tornadoes, you know, in California and up, you know, to the west, they're not going to be EF3 tornadoes. Mm Mm-hmm. But sure enough, it was. Wow. Yeah, EF3. <laughs> That's you're getting a major right up there. Sure. Oh my goodness. Wow, what a podcast. This For is now, so fun. We're having back like, together. Is over. Well, it, it's almost over. It's We're not bedtime. Quite. Yeah, yeah. Sarah's, Sarah's ready to go to bed. She, you got to work tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But tomorrow night, so you get to right. kind of sleep all night. Oh my goodness. Well. I guess to wrap up, we've got tomorrow. We're just going to watch that uh, storm prediction center and see what they, you know, what they do. Anything. So anyway, if if anybody is listening to this podcast at this point, <laughs> and they have, they haven't given up on us. Yeah, if, if you have any questions about Alaska, that you know that you may have. I mean, is that definite? Stewart is definitely coming next week. He'll be in town. Well, His family's but you, here. But you haven't asked him. Haven't talked to him about being on the podcast. But, oh, well, you know. well, okay. Well, how are we going to ask him sign him up for that one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, go ahead, you, you talk to him. You, you're going to sign him up. All right. Okay, we'll see that. So it's just so nice to have you guys back here again. This is this is how the podcast should be done, and it's really, really long. But Cher is ready to go to bed. So you guys got anything else before we wrap this up? I've said all I can say. <laughs> okay. How about you, Cher? Are you ready to go to bed? I think I'm good. All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.